two. Hello and welcome to another episode of the Five at the Back Soccer Podcast. I am Charles here with Jen, Kyle, Christian, and Eric, and we are bringing you the best Premier League soccer talk that we possibly can bring you, uh, which I know isn't necessarily a high bar. Uh, however, we're going to have a great time doing it, and we hope you enjoy it as much as we do. Uh, going to kick it off with some recaps from this past weekend. Uh, there was a a game that uh, put a manager apparently on the hot seat. Mm-hmm. Not that manager. I know what you're thinking. Spurs lost to West Ham 1-0. What did you guys think of the game? Christian? I, I didn't want to get <laughs> Sorry, dude. Glad I was I, too... Glad I kicked it right over to the, the perfect person. I was too busy playing soccer myself Sunday morning <laughs> to watch the... Uh, the London Derby, but I did manage to leave 10 minutes before my game finished mm-hmm. to race home to the uh, Liverpool United game. So we can talk about that in a little bit, I'm sure. Oh, I'm sure we can. I'm sure we can. Kyle, what were your thoughts? <laughs> uh, well, um, anytime that uh, Spurs lose is a good time uh, in my house. Uh, I saw the score, like you said, the score was one nothing. Um, Mikel Antonio scored. I think he scored in like the 79th or 80th minute. So I can only imagine it was a pillow fight up until then. Um, I thought something was funny. Um, Kurt Zuma said in one of the newspapers up there that um, going against Harry Kane should be no problem because he goes against Mikel Antonio um, every day in training. And I was wondering how that was going to turn out for him considering um, how he looked um, at Chelsea from time to time. But and he seemed to back up the talk. They won one nothing. Spurs lose. Nuno's still there. So, solid result. So, I mean, the- theoretically, Nuno should be afforded some time to make this his team, right? I mean, every other new manager that comes in is usually afforded some time. And Nuno's been in charge for, what, six matches? Maybe eight matches? Yeah. And yeah. they're already calling for his head? Why do you think that is? Because they know Nuno was Spurs' fifth or sixth choice. Ah. They went through a laundry list of managers that either turned them down or weren't willing to take the reins, whatever you want to call it. You know, they got, if you believe the rumors, they got Fonseca almost to the finish line and then that collapsed. And then Mm -hmm. they brought in Paratici as the director of football and he was supposed to, uh, the rumor was him and Conte were going to be together and Conte ended up uh, backing out. So I think, Spurs fans are frustrated with the board. And I think Nuno ultimately is going to be, I won't say an innocent bystander because if he gets fired, it's going to be because of his lack of ability to adjust to life at Spurs. But he kind of, I think he came into the job a little bit hamstrung being the fact that he wasn't the first, second, probably even third choice. Mm -hmm. So he didn't do himself any favors and Spurs fans didn't do themselves any favors. And Spurs as an organization just continually to step on their, own feet and just it's great why in his man honestly Spurs fans just get over it you haven't won anything of no for 30 years move on they got the Audi cup as I'm constantly reminded of whenever I bring that up (laughs) that's gotta have a shelf life right I mean preseason tournaments that don't actually count for anything we, we can only, we could really only celebrate those for a certain amount at, of at a normal so. club it would have a shelf life <laughs> Now, Christian, I got a question for you. What what parallels do you see between 
the expectations for Nuno and the expectations that were heaped on David Moyes when he came in at United. And, and is it fair? Well, Moyes was literally following like the greatest ma- manager of all time. So obviously there's, that's not really a comparison. I don't know who Nuno followed. Was it Mourinho? <laughs> Mourinho. Yeah. Mourinho. So, uh, so yeah, so, no, no one, honestly, no one cares about Spurs. All right. I mean, we, we spend way too much time talking about him as it is. Let's just move on. All right. Fantastic. All right. Uh, final, final point of discussion with this game, flip into the other team, West Ham. They, they look consistently like a team that wants to put themselves in the top four. Are they for real? Like how much time do we need to, to evaluate them to determine if they're really a, a top four contender or are they still sitting in what we call that, uh, that next level, the five, six, seven spot? I'd say that second tier, but, you know, I, I still think they are, it can be one of those weird years that if there's not, if the traditional top four or five isn't who it normally is, there's no reason based on their form that they can't slide into, you know, the fourth place kind of location. Yeah. I mean, they've, they've been consistent since last year. They were nearly men last year. They made it into Europe for this year. And like Jen said, if the top four doesn't shake out with the traditional top four or five teams, they have a chance to sneak in there. Um, I think particularly that fourth spot is probably going to be the one they're going to have to gun for um, because it looks like as of right now, obviously this can change in a couple weeks time, but it looks like right now the top three spots are, and I mean, I don't even think the point spread is still that big, but I think they're in that second group, but have the potential to jump up into the top four. If the traditional teams continue to drop points like they did last year and have started to this year. They will. They won't. And the Premier League has the three strongest teams in Europe right now, right? With Chelsea, Liverpool and City. Maybe Bayern Bayern Munich can slip in there as well, but outside of those three, no one else can touch him. It'd be a three-house race, and it'll be a great for the league for sure. So yeah, West Ham may, may slip in there. It's been it's been good so far. Yeah. All right. Very good. Uh, so let's move on to our next uh, next game that we're covering from last week. Kyle, give us a give us a rundown of how how Chelsea did against yeah. uh, whatever state high school they were playing. <laughs> so we played Christian's favorite team of the year at Norwich. Um, Honestly, the most interesting thing that happened that game was the retaken penalty because Tim Krul was off his line. Um, you, since they've instituted that rule, you haven't seen it call too much, but and it was a, it was it was a legit call. He was he had two feet off the line before the shot was taken. You have to keep at least one foot on the line. Um, other than that, it was it's going to be harsh, but it was a glorified training exercise. I mean, Chelsea was able to do whatever they wanted. Um, Nor- Norwich are dreadful. This was the first time I've actually sat down and watched them. And granted, it was at 7.30 in the morning, but I kind of had an idea that we were going to win. I didn't have an idea that we were going to score seven, but I knew I wasn't waking up for the 1-1 bore fest that Mm -hmm. I would in years past against certain teams. Um, I was sad Billy Gilmore didn't get to play, but that's because of the rules regarding loanies and their parent clubs. And honestly, I wouldn't have wanted to see him against Chelsea because it wouldn't have looked good because he would have – he would have been potentially the only one looking worth a damn in that entire Norwich team. 
Uh, one guy got two yellow cards, I think, within the span of like 10 minutes of each. It was it was bad. It was a training exercise. Um, Chelsea did what they had to do. They looked ruthless, which was nice to see. You know, we didn't take our foot off the gas once we got up to three and four. We kept going. Uh, Mason Mount came on, had a hat trick, had an assist. So it was good to see players get some minutes in the tank. It was nice to wake up at 730 and watch a win. But, I mean, outside of that, there's really nothing of note. It was it was Norwich. And they played like the twentieth team in the league. They play. They play like the fifteenth team in in the championship. Let's be honest. They're they're playing at a level that's way yeah. below. I, you say that, but I guarantee you, when they get back down to the championship next year, they're going to run rough shot over the championship because that just seems to be how it works for Norwich. Yeah. They go down, they come up, they go down, they come up. I think they said in the broadcast they've been up and down five times. You know, so they're what Christian called, I think, at the beginning of this year, yo-yo club. I mean, they're the perfect example of one that they just bounce back and forth. I don't think I called them yo-yo club. I just think I just called them just shit. Well, yeah. (laughs) But I think you mentioned them as one of the yo-yo clubs from the championship that constantly come up and go back down. But, I mean, I think they've scored something like three goals on the year. Mm -hmm. It's it's bad. They're bad. If if they're, they're a slump buster to use an American term. If your team's having a bad run of form, play Norwich. You'll feel better about yourselves. That's the, that's the perfect kind of game to have it in the, the seven thirty AM slot though. Like, I mean, if you're going to have, have the early game, yeah. at least have it be against Norwich. I mean, this past Saturday I was, I was in Vegas. Uh, and that's why we, uh, that's the whole reason why we missed the pod last week. <laughs> Not, not entirely, but um, so it was four thirty in the morning when that game was yeah. on. So there was a zero percent chance of me waking up for that game. Um, but I when I woke never up, went to bed. Yeah, well, I mean, if you did Vegas right, you shouldn't have been in bed or, at all. Or that's when I was going to bed. Uh, Maybe funny, going back to the hotel. Right. Either it's way. funny you. It's funny you mentioned that because the Chelsea Supporters Club from California, mm-hmm. they tweeted out because normally they'll meet up at like a pub or something to watch it as a as a group, and they tweeted out um, the games at four thirty tomorrow. It's Norwich. We'll see. We'll see you on Tuesday. So they didn't even they didn't meet up, which they normally do. Even if like if it was Man City at seven thirty in the morning, they would have been at the pub. Yeah. But because it was Norwich, they were like, "Yeah, we'll pass. We'll see you on Tuesday." Yep. So I mean, <laughs> yeah, waking up, waking up and seeing that seven goal score, I was like, "Okay, oh, all right." Yep. That's yeah. Glad I didn't wake up for that. <laughs> all right. So on to uh, a much much more exciting game, one between a team that. Uh, consistently seems to be inconsistent with whether or not it's actually going to make a title challenge uh, or I should say a top four push uh, versus our, uh, our rising darlings uh, this year, Lester and Brentford. Brentford once again, looking like they can shock anyone and they can come out and, and beat just about anyone on the, on any given day. Uh, give me your thoughts on this one, guys. I mean, Lester, down a couple players to injury, but James Madison's finding his form. Does Lester ha- are Lester going to be able to carry through this this Jamie Vardy injury and and really put up some points? They have Tillemans. I mean, he's a great player as well. He helps, you know. But uh, I'm not sure Vardy's such a big part of what they do. Uh, I'm not sure. I mean, they're not going to go in a total slump and just ruin their whole season over. But I'm not sure if they can have good enough form to keep in that, you know, to get or reach that top three, you know. Other thoughts? 
How long is Vardy out for? Good question. Not sure. So I think if he's out for a long period of time, then uh, then they'll struggle a lot of bit, unless they get to play United every week. <laughs> but uh, it depends who they're playing against too, right? But yeah. It is I mean, what it is. I mean, I think they're finally set up somewhat to be able to weather an injury like this because they brought in um, Pats and Dotka. Right. In the summer, you know, they brought in they brought in surplus players. So they actually finally have some depth. And um Dakas look good. Um there was one game they went he came in, they were down two nil, he scored four goals and went in four two. I think it might have been the Europa League tie that they had. It was it was one of their games or the conference league, I can't remember. But he's good. He he looks good. He looks young, he's hungry, he's ready to go. Um, so, I mean, they have the players to potentially weather the storm, but we know what Leicester have done in the past under Brendan Rodgers. They've, you know, they've held, they've held, held, held only to capitulate at the end of the year. So at some point you have to expect that other shoe to drop with them until it doesn't. So. Well, they've got a, they have a big uh, mid-table game this weekend, uh, a match against Arsenal. So, um, and honestly, definitely not one that they can sleep on. I mean, Arsenal has been, been stepping up. Uh, recently they've been showing mm-hmm. a little bit more fight in them than they did at the beginning of the season so this was one uh and i did just look it up apparently jb vardy is back uh he's he's already back from nice. injury and will play against arsenal this weekend so um yeah left to be seen well, brentford's brentford's just proven they can hang with anybody there's so much fun to watch and not play against because they drew against us but but a lot of a lot of energy a lot of a lot of, you know, desire, you know, they, they work well in the final third. They good shape to their team. And uh, I would, I'm wondering if their manager can get manager of the year consideration, because I think he should. Oh, um, they're playing how you want the recently promoted teams to play. You know, most, most people expect the recently promoted teams to go right back down because it's the jump from the championship to the premier league is so difficult, especially for teams that, made it out of the championship that aren't typically expected to make it out of the championship. I think the last time Brentford was in the top flight was 1947. So it's been a long time since they've been in the top flight and they are playing the same style of football that won them the championship. And they're looking good doing, I mean, if Mendy didn't have the game of his life, we'd probably lose that game two, three, four, one Christian's prediction probably becomes right. That he made on that podcast. But I mean, Mendy was just, ridiculous against him against Brentford so I enjoy watching them when they're like Eric said when you're not playing them they're fun it's a fun neutral team to watch um, because they play their same style of football I mean they played Leicester who was the last team to show us that anyone can do anything in the Prem so mm-hmm. absolutely absolutely all right so moving on to uh, the probably one of the most surprising matches of the weekend, uh, one that probably had uh, Eric leaping for even more joy, uh, Everton versus Watford. (laughs) This match, I was was guilty of watching it and then turning it off when it was 2-1 Everton and then coming Uh back later and seeing the score and And going, what? What? Yeah. What? what? Watford comes back and wins five to two. An yeah. absolutely insane score. Now, I mean, 
Well, I'm just going to kick it right over to Eric. How, how happy were you when you seeing this score and seeing well, Everton go down like this? Well, like you, Charles, I did the same thing. I turned it off to one Everton. I said, F this. And I went to go do something else. And I log on to uh, ESPN score center later and just took the score. And I, I had to look twice, three times. I'm like, whoa, I, I'm thrilled because Watford's pretty much direct. They're pretty much pretty, pretty bad this year, but. To see them blow something like that, we got Agent Rafa in full effect, you know, pulling a sabotage from the inside. So <laughs> I was I, I was thrilled, man. I was I was very happy. So is this a matter of you know the the bump that comes with a new manager, or has Watford legitimately turned a corner? I think it's just the product of playing Everton. <laughs> Okay, that's I mean, I it's Fair because enough. I, you know, it's I don't even know if Watford can get the benefit of a new manager bounce anymore. They change managers as often as you know, we change clothes. It's ridiculous the turnover they have there. I think there's just and the so I just looked it up because I was I wasn't 100% sure, but I was 95% sure. The guy that had the hat trick, Joshua King, mm-hmm. he played for Everton last year. He, he did. Played, he yeah. played 11 games, didn't score any goals. Mm-hmm. Um, he was with Bournemouth. Bournemouth went down. Um, he kind of – King had a chance to move before Bournemouth went down, thought he was going to get a better move in the summer. Nothing materialized, and he ended up going to Everton. Didn't do anything at Everton. And then he's played seven matches this year, has three goals, all three goals against Everton. So it was a fun little, little story within the story. Um, I'm sure it felt good for him to do that. Um, but no, I think it was just one of those games where it's, you know, that's Everton and that was Watford. I don't know if it'll, it could potentially be a springboard for Watford, but I wouldn't be surprised if it wasn't. Or just 12 minutes of insanity. Yeah. I mean, one of the things that I remember about Josh King when he was with Bournemouth was he was an extraordinarily streaky striker. He'd yeah. have his r- r- real hot periods and then he would go really cold for a long period of time. My worry is that that's what we're seeing right here. And Josh King hasn't changed uh, at all. Um, However, I mean, Watford have some pieces that, you know, lend me to think that, oh, you know, maybe they could actually fight and stay up and they could, you know, supplant uh, a team like uh, Burnley, who's just getting in their own way. Uh, But if I'm not mistaken, uh, uh, they've lost... um, Dennis to injury, Emmanuel Dennis to injury or suspension, one of the two, uh, which really, I mean, he's been kind of one of their sparks on offense, uh, more or less. And it's it's going to be interesting to see how Watford progresses moving forward. Uh, you know, mm-hmm. do they do they take this, you know, realistically one of their biggest wins, I would say, Um uh, do they take that and that actually move that forward in, into the next uh, couple of matches that they've got? Or is this that blip, you know, on the radar where it's like, oh, wow, they just had that, like Jen said, 12 minutes of, of absolute craziness um, because their next three matches are Southampton, Arsenal, and Man United. And if you're looking at the, the string of how things are going, their toughest comp- uh, opponent out of all of those is Arsenal. I bump that out. There's next six opponents are those three. Then you have Leicester, Chelsea, Man City. 
So, I no, mean, I don't want to bump that out. Okay. But uh, what I'm saying is, <laughs> what I'm, what I'm destroy saying my is, narrative. Stop I, it. I, I had a, such a great joke there about, uh, making fun of Man United and Arsenal at the same time, and, and you yeah, killed well, it, Kyle. We're you not worried it. about that. Um, but their next six games, I mean, it could just be, wait. they could be, uh, it could be really good or really bad. Yeah. Cause I mean, they just, it's cause you don't know what you're going to get from Watford. I mean, they're, they're near the relegation zone for a reason. Perfect. They're only a couple points outside of the outside of 17th. Yeah. So they, they don't, they don't need, they don't need a run of form like a, a Spurs or a Leicester do. They don't need to, to pull, you know, 10 or 12 points out of a, out of a tough run of six games. They need to pull six. Um, yeah. You know, that's, that's the, their kind of goal here. And these first three games are realistically where they're going to find it. I mean, as you mentioned, uh, you know, there's facing what city Leicester and was it Spurs after that? Chelsea, Chelsea after that. Yeah. So yeah. Yeah. yeah they okay. just need to get as far away from 17th as possible because Norwich has got uh, Norwich has got 20 nailed on. I mean, oh, yeah. they're, they're going down. They're they're on two points. Yeah, pretty soon, pretty soon we can have the discussion about how many points Norwich actually will earn this season, yeah. and whether whether a victory will be one of those. Yeah, but all right, this, week, um, this weekend, this weekend, you think? Yeah, I think it's a good call, good shout. Probably the first three pointers of the of the season. Okay, uh, let's kick it over to. I'm going to kick it over to Christian because uh, I'm going to let him handle this one the the match i'd i'd rather not uh, even even bother reflecting upon uh but the uh the disaster class versus uh versus liverpool so christian take it away uh so it was a badly managed team against a very well coached team uh one of the candidates for the european cup so it was what it was disappointing but when you're playing against one of the best teams in the world, it's going to happen when you've got one of the worst defences anybody's ever seen. Liverpool right. fans? Guys, would you like to uh, comment? I was, I was uh, just shocked at the results. I predicted a draw because it's hard for us to win in Old Trafford. I mean, luckily we won there last year, but albeit with no fans, it's it's just been a, a house of uh, not quite horrors, but not quite all sunshine either for us. So uh, I was expecting a draw. I was expecting just a tight, tough match with like a late goal for one of the teams to, uh, to, to even it out. But, you know, we just kept scoring and I, I just didn't see that back line just look out of position and sloped. I was just shocked at how easily we were able to get in that final third and just finish it and put it away. And they left a hay out to dry like that. And one thing, I mean, you guys can, you guys follow it, uh, meaning Charles and Christian more than I do follow United and, to me, for, you know, Sir Alex, of course, is sitting there and, and for a bitter rivalry, it didn't seem like a lot of energy on the pitch. Like they're just walking around like zombies, like with just some ordinary, like they're playing Southampton or something. I mean, you're playing Liverpool for, you know, top four positioning. They're going to try to knock us off, you know, our top two perch. And and like I said, it's been years of, of a bitter rivalry between those two, but it's like another, it was like another game. I, I, I didn't see the, the passion and the fire from United that I usually do when they play uh, Liverpool. Is that accurate or? I, I don't think it's wrong. That's for <laughs> sure. Um, so how much of what we saw was the fact, it doesn't seem like you guys, um, you don't press like you guys have in years past. Um, 
and it doesn't, well, it just, it just didn't, I don't know. I, I was, I, I was, I think Eric, I agree with Eric. It, the sh, it, it was shocking. Like you, you know, after, after a little while, you kind of was like, okay, is, is this real or is this like, <laughs> am I imagining this? Am I dreaming this? And, you know, it's kind of like the Braves game, not last night, but the night before where you kind of check the score and you're like, oh my God, we're ahead. What? What? Oh my God. So, um, you know, in yeah, 2013, just... right? City played United at Old Trafford and beat us 6 1. Okay. And uh, City didn't stop attacking in that game. And that's that was actually won in the league, that, that 12 goal swing, right? On Sunday, Liverpool did stop attacking when we had a man sent off. And when you when you're in a league against Chelsea and City, I hope that comes back to buy Liverpool because they could have won by 10 goals easily. Well, yeah. my argument would be okay, so the fact that there were some there we already all right, so we had a person sent off, like, you know what I mean? So when Pogba got his red card. That was, he didn't, like, that was, that was unnecessary. Before that happened, Bruno should have been sent off for what he did. Um, there's, I don't understand why Ronaldo was, you know what I mean? Like, I think at this point, if I were Liverpool, I understand why they, why they were like, you know what? Don't trust you guys to actually play honorable soccer. You know, no one plays honorable soccer. It's a rivalry. Yeah, I mean, okay, but I also don't. I don't think it would be worth. We already scored five on you. You guys were toothless. Why would we risk somebody else getting hurt if the refs aren't going to control the game and you guys are going to play dirty? Like, why would we do that? Because it could cost you the league. If you, if you, so. And so, what was our lesson last year from injuries? I understand that, but the year, the year that Liverpool lost the league by a, what was it a point to city point. the year you guys mm-hmm. had 98 and the year that united lost the league to city on goal differential i mean you that's that's part of the reason i was so happy chelsea put seven past norwich because you know mm-hmm. typically in a game like that you could have taken your foot off the gas at three nothing and won three nothing but in a league like christian said in a league that is as tight right now as this league is i mean the top four is 22 to 17. That's the point. So it's a five-point difference between fourth and first. It's a one-point difference between second and first. You know, it's a tight league, and it's probably going to be tight the entire way. I don't think there's going to be one team that's going to walk the league like Liverpool has or City has in the past. So, And I understand where you're coming from, Jen, because you do have injury concerns. You have Nabi Keita, who I think he's the one that went off, right? He's the one that got tackled Mm -hmm. by Pogba. But at the same, same time, if you're cutting through United's defense like you were, you you don't stop. You don't you don't you don't you know. I'm not saying you have to score another goal, but you don't just pass the ball around the back for 25 minutes and leave there without having a chance to get to six, seven, eight, or whatever. You you guys probably could have named your score. It was just it was just one of those games, mm-hmm. and you know you in a league where goal difference matters. It I'm not saying it's going to right ruin but there's i understand what you guys are saying but if we can't trust the referees 
to have control and to make the calls that they need to make to keep the players safe. If like, was why off. wasn't Bruno sent off? Because they reviewed it and decided it wasn't a foul just because you right. so they decided right. and think okay. it was. Pogba okay. was sent off. But well, but so but he, so here's my here's my counter argument to that, and this is just from a neutral perspective. You know, I I have a dog in the fight in in so much that it's a title race, but I didn't have a dog in this fight personally from you know a fandom perspective. But if the argument is that we're not going to score goals or we're not going to try and go at it because we don't trust the refs, then no one in the Premier League should be playing soccer because the refs across the league are atrocious. They suck, whether it's Norwich, Chelsea, or – and I under, like I said, I understand where you're coming from. You know, it's a it's – a, the biggest rivalry in London is – or London, in England, is Liverpool-United. And it has been and always will be the biggest rivalry in England. And there's – potential for extracurriculars but that's just the nature of the beast and um, I just don't think purposely taking your foot off the gas versus trying to score and just not scoring anymore is the smart play but I'm not Jurgen Klopp so I don't know if I would say that no efforts were made I mean because there there were I mean when they subbed people off and they brought people on and you know, but I, I don't know, like the whole, uh, whatever, that's fine. You were never going to pull for us anyway, Christian. That's the reality. So, okay. Well, no, if he did, if he did, he'd never be able to show his face back home. No, I mean, yeah. you saying yeah, the whole, like, well, I hope you lose based on this. You know, honestly, like, I'm at least, you know, for the, the three of us, you know, the Liverpool fans, I honestly thought we did pretty good about not rubbing salt in the wound. You know what I mean? Not being jerks about it. Um, but, you know, okay. Yeah, that was a chance to miss for you guys for sure. Right, the only chance friends like pretty, friends. Okay. No, 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 not for friends, but I mean, I, I like, it's, it's an opportunity for Liverpool to, to essentially put up one of the worst defeats ever at Old Trafford. Trafford. It's the only chance it already anyone is one of the worst defeats ever at, Trafford, at Old Trafford. Uh, so, we um, didn't have to do anything extra to make it one of the worst. <laughs> I personally, I personally talk about rubbing salt in the wound. I don't operate like that, so I kind of let it go. And yeah. plus, like I said, we've all known our history, and right now we're in October. And if you want to impress me, do the you know keep the same energy in late April, and we'll be you know we'll be good. But we'll see what happens. But <clears throat> this is actually a true story. It reminded me of you guys. You guys are such you know great people and and i've enjoyed you know knowing you guys over the last couple of years and i told you a story about it he's a listener of the pod occasionally um our new custodian at our school he came over from england he's uh pete really great guy he comes up to me he's like what are you doing for united liverpool you want to go out and watch the, the match and i'm like yeah so he tells me about this uh nice irish bar shindigs that shows a lot of the, the football matches you know and he's like i'll meet you there you know kickoff's 11 30 i'll meet you there like 11 or whatever so i get there to get a seat he comes in and before He's talking to me about this. It's not a trap. It's not a United bar. I'll come in with a Liverpool kit on and get my get my ass beat by halftime. And he goes, no, no, no. It's 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 mixed. It's it, it'll be okay or whatever. So I come in. There's one United guy there. There's a bunch of Liverpool guys, you know, sitting there. People sitting there. And he comes in or whatever. It's a it was opposite. It was a majority of Liverpool. And I find out it's the uh, they're trying to get a supporters club up my way of South Florida. It's the northern. I'm not going to say it on the pod, but it's northern. You, I've told you guys off the pod. It's the northern part of, to uh, to South Florida, and they have a they have one towards the southern part. I've never made it to a match, but they're trying to get it. 
So poor guys that were pouring it on and, and people so devastated, he left at halftime, didn't even say goodbye. He left his wife, him and his wife, they were sitting there, you know, they finished their pint. I thought he went to the bathroom and he left. He texted me later, sorry, I didn't mean to be, you know, low class. I just left, I couldn't take it anymore. I felt, I was like, I've been there. I Dude, I know, so. It was uh, honestly one of the, one of the most frustrating matches to try and endure. Um, I afterwards, I was hoping that it was going to be enough to get Ole fired immediately. The Man United board has decided that uh, they're going to keep him for the time being and reevaluate after the next couple of games, uh, which just further tells us that the the board has no idea what it's doing. Uh, and or it doesn't want to spend the money uh, to go out and get the the coach that you know they deserve, um, or both, probably both. Uh, so uh, we Who play. Who would they go after? Oh, sorry. The two. No, sorry. Right. The uh, the there's there's been multiple names floated around. Um, the the most the most heavily linked name is Antonio Conte. Uh, however, I think that because he's the most heavily linked name right now, that means he's definitely not coming to United, uh, it's almost always not the first person that they, that they, everybody links it to, uh, but it, they've linked oh, him. That's, that's Spurs. Yeah. <laughs> oh, no, I said the first person, not the first five people. It's not the first or the second or the third, maybe the fourth. Yeah. They've all, their uh, other names floated have been, uh, Zinedine Zidane, uh, Eric Ten Hag and, uh, Christian, help me out. I'm forgetting one. Conte. I don't think so. That, that was it. Yeah, that was it. Okay. Right. Louis Van Hall. Yeah, that's it. Yeah, we're going to bring him back just for Jose Mourinho. Yeah. <laughs> no. <laughs> no. Jose Mourinho, so, who's, who, by the way, I don't know if you guys saw, uh, Roma lost 6 1 in Conference League. Conference League. Yeah. In the, in the Europa Conference League to a, to a team that I've never even, come close to her, being heard of you know, they, lost like, it's, a, they lost to a team that has a forward slash in their name yeah like it, it, it's it's less well known than fc sheriff yeah which is something <laughs> um yeah Mourinho's had an interesting week at roma Unbelievable. Um, i think so i don't know if you want to move on but the last thing i'll say about the united liverpool game i think the thing from so from me like i said i'm a neutral watching it and i don't this is a game i made a point to sit down and watch because i figured it'd be good um, I think the most frustrating thing is the same issue that you guys were harping on all summer leading into the season, leading into preseason has just time and again reared its ugly head. And the fact that the board had a chance to attend to that and they didn't by, you know, by way of bringing in a player to play that defensive midfield role. I mean, it's just now you guys had injuries elsewhere. You know, you were missing Varon. Um, you know, Pogba had uh, 10 minutes from hell, but you know, that lack of having a solid defensive midfielder and having to trot out one or two of Fred and McTominay is just, it's, I'm going to sound like I'm banging a drum, but it's, it's such a glaring weakness in your team. And the last place you want to have a glaring weakness is the midfielder or midfielders that are supposed to be the last line of defense before the defense. 
and it's just it's gonna it's gonna continue to be an issue until you guys remedy it but i don't know mm-hmm. if they're gonna remedy it with ole at the helm or not so i mean my absolute favorite part of the entire game though was when the the scuffle broke out and fred comes running in you know so so can you know so andy robertson you know shaking his finger virgil van dyke Kanate come over you know these big humongous like six five dudes right um Ronaldo kind of exits stage left. Uh, Bruno comes in, shoves uh, Virgil, you know, in the chest. Uh, <laughs> but Fred comes running in and basically takes on Kanate. And it's there's like a foot difference. Um, I don't know if you guys have seen any of the pictures, but it's, it's anyway, it was just like it's one of those games that as an introduction for a player, like you can't imagine it being any more magical, you know what I mean, than going into somebody else's house and having like a storied rivalry play out the way that it did. But then also know that you've got that memory of <laughs> just anyway. It was just, that was that was honestly the highlight for me, I guess. Well, I mean, besides Mo doing his thing, but anyway. So, well, the only saving grace out of that game is that I remembered to captain Salah on my fantasy team. Yes, yes. me too. <laughs> Which apparently 14 or 15 other people in the league did as well. So yeah. it really didn't, uh, didn't mean a whole lot, but it was still it was still nice. At least I didn't forget that part. Yeah, well, it meant a lot if you didn't do it. Yeah. <laughs> it was it was painful. Yeah. All right, so let's uh, we will carry on. We'll move on to and we'll let's just stick with Man United for now. Uh, let's. Uh, Christian, let's give a, a quick uh, preview of our match against Spurs. What can we expect out of uh, out of Ole's men? We can expect to win this weekend. Thankfully, it's Spurs coming up. Right. Honestly, <laughs> of all the teams that we needed to play against this weekend, it was Spurs. Yeah. If we had if we had two choices to to follow up a game like that, it's 50-50 between them and Norwich. No, nah, it's it's Spurs at home or Spurs away. The answer is Spurs. It's just a matter of the location. Our, our city at, at the Etihad, actually, that that would also be a good game. Yeah, yeah. but um, that would be the empty head. Thank you. <laughs> oh, I've never but, heard that one, and that was particularly mean. <laughs> so what? Uh, what are we thinking? We're going to see another McFred masterclass with. Uh, be so, yeah. so here's the frustrating things, and so what. There's been so many leaks this week, right? Yeah. Coming out of the United dressing room. Players players upset because we keep playing badly and we keep losing, but we keep seeing the same midfield, the same defense, right? The same struggles for the past two, se- two and a half, three seasons. Nothing changes. We're bringing midfielders, we don't play them. We have other players, we don't play them. So we will see exactly the same lineup because these need to rectify what happened mm-hmm. on Sunday. And uh, we're going to throw Varane in because he's not fit and why not? Right. And uh, we'll just hope <laughs> for hope that Maguire can do enough to uh, kick Kane out of the game, I guess. Might not be a bit terrible strategy. Do you, think, no. do you think we see Sancho play? No. No. We, no see, we see a front three of, of, of what we saw on... 
on on Sunday with uh, Greenwood, Ronaldo, and uh, Rashford. Mm-hmm. Right. Um, this question for for you, Christian, uh, only the rest of you. I don't want to hear a peep. Uh, is it time for us to think about benching Bruno? Uh, maybe, maybe, you know, he, he does offer that, those moments of magic, but he gives the ball away an awful lot, right? As he's looking to push the ball forward, but, you know, Giggs used to do the same thing, right? But Giggs was on the wing. He wasn't playing in the middle of the field where if you give the ball away, then they're counterattacking and you have four guys running at Luke Shaw. Right. Um, I mean, and, so and he, my he looks is- tired. He yeah. looks tired. He looks tired, and my my other problem with him is he's always on the wing also. Left right. wing, right wing, it doesn't matter. He never seems to be in the middle of the park, and, and that's – I mean, he's not operating in the space that he should be operating in, and that's a little bit concerning um, overall. So I'm wondering if maybe a little, little swift kick of, uh, hey, you need to change your mentality might be so beneficial. His, so his position is, is like the false, false 10, right? So mm-hmm. he's playing right behind Ronaldo. And often going further, uh, which which you know just leaves those two midfielders in in the center, often getting overrun. You know that's what happened with us on Sunday, right? Liverpool's midfield just ran overrun uh, Fred and McTominay. Uh-huh. Spurs will do exactly the same thing. What's that donkey called? Who the, the Danish guy just kicks everybody? Holberg, something like that. Hoybier. Yeah. Right. So, yeah. so so he'll just be there to to pick up. Bruno, right, and just to mack him out of the game, and then so he's really just going to be just a just a guy in there. So yeah, yeah. yeah. I mean, it, it almost seems like <clears throat> it might be more beneficial at this point to drop Bruno, play play a four four two with Ron, Ronaldo and Cavani up top, and and Rashford and and Greenwood or Sancho or somebody um, as, as the the outside midfielders, and and exploit the the space with our speed and, and kind of. You know, use if we're going to use Fred and McTominay, use Fred and McTominay for what they are. You know, workhorses who will, will at least in McTominay's case, he'll run you over um, and start. You know, just change. I, and I, I think that what I'm trying to express is that we need changes. We need adjustments in some form, and we're getting nothing out of Ole. We're getting the same tired crap over and over and over again, and seeing nothing useful out of it. So, I have a question. <sighs> no, spend no, Kyle. No, it, it's 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 a legitimate pounds. It's eight legitimate million pounds question. and Sancho is just ridiculous. Yeah. So, I know we broached this topic uh, a couple episodes back, but do you think the issues with Bruno Bruno are down to him struggling to figure out how to play with Ronaldo, or do you think it's just the league catching up to him in that there there's more tape on him, so to speak, because he did come he in in January. Out. And, you know, he lit the league on fire and, you know, he's like Christian said, he's, he's a creative person on the ball. So you take the good with the bad, you take the, the turnovers with the moments of magic that he's able to create, but it seems like, and I I noticed it a little bit too, in the Euros is, you know, it's, it seems like he's playing, I don't know if he's playing tighter because he's playing with Ronaldo or it's just that he's, there's for lack of a better word, there's more tape out on him to use an American phrase and teams are starting to game plan him, like Christian said, out of the game. And I mean, you guys watch more United than I do. So you two would be best suited to 
give me a little insight, but it's I, I, something's got to give. I don't know what that something is. I'd, I'd say it probably could be both. There, there's, there's no reason that it has to be one over the other in this, in this scenario. Um, <clears throat> initially, we, we were concerned about him learning to play with Ronaldo. Um, however, <clears throat> the only reason why I'm not going, I'm not going to actively explore that as, as a, a real reason right now is because I think the larger problems in United squad overshadow any worries about chemistry at the moment. Like we have, you know, problems that are far larger than chemistry that you know, even if they solve their, you know, if, if it's an issue and they're not playing well together, even if they solve that, that's not going to suddenly <clears throat> make United, you know, miles better by any means. So um, <clears throat> I think more or less at this point, uh, you know, I'm, I'm more worried about what Christian mentioned, which is him looking tired, you know, and whether he's mm-hmm. taken on the, the emotional weight of the team along with running, you know, 1.75 times more than every other player on the field during the match. Uh, I don't know. I, 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 that's, I think is just more concerning to me at the, at the moment rather than me, you know, worrying about which one is explains the, his issues. Okay. Sounds good to me. Christian, any input on that? I agree with you. Okay. All right. Let's, uh, let's kick on to uh, another match. Um, honestly, I would say probably the most interesting match outside of the United Spurs one this weekend, Leicester Arsenal. We've got uh, a couple of, like I said earlier, mid-table teams uh, fighting for mid-table supremacy. Uh, what do we think? Are, are the, the, the fighting Artetas going to actually show something here against Leicester or is Brendan Rodgers with a semi-full or semi-full strength squad going to step out and, and reclaim their seventh place glory? So I think that uh, this little run that people seem to think Arsenal is on is going to come to an end. Um, I think on the whole, Arsenal are starting to figure out how to play as a unit with the players that they've brought in over the summer and the players that they've had. Um, And obviously, you know, they have Aubameyang up top, which you never really know what you're going to get from him. You know, it could be really good or it could just be, He's disinterested and he's just a passenger. Um, you know, Arsenal won three one their last game, but they draw they drew two two the game before against Crystal Palace, and it took a late goal for that to even happen. So Arsenal, I think, is a true Dr. Jekyll, Mr. Hyde right now. We don't know what we're gonna get. Um Leicester is still Leicester. You know, the play that that team's been together uh for a while. They brought in some new, young, exciting talent. So I think Leicester will get the job done this week, and I'm hoping they will um, because anytime Arsenal can lose is a good day. But I agree. I think Leicester will probably have too much in the the bag for an Arsenal team that's been on a little bit of a run, but they're still not very good. So, so the uh, so the two. Isle teams get to play against each other this weekend. <laughs> Another Isle derby. Oh, had to had to preview this game. You know, Chelsea's first chance to go up against their new—I um, don't know. Let's call them oil daddies. Um, 
And, uh, I'm not going to call him that, but that's fine. <laughs> uh, yeah, I mean, it's uh, honestly, this is kind of an interesting one. I mean, it's at Newcastle. Uh, you get to see the, the, this is almost the before picture, right? Because mm. come January transfer window, we get to see the after picture. So, I mean, honestly, true. at this point, from Newcastle's perspective, what do they have to lose? The players, I mean, the current, I mean, the current setup as I mean, is, I mean, more or less, they're the, they're the Indians from, or the, the formerly known as the Indians from Major League, right? <laughs> Might as well go yeah. win the whole damn thing because right. we may not even be employed in January uh yeah. given the new so ownership. like as far as them saying it as auditioning for a, a a spot on the roster kind of thing yeah right? i can I mean, see that you're, and you're going to get up against the team that's at the top of the league right now mm-hmm. why not go all out and try and knock them off their perch i mean Tyler, yeah Tyler, I mean, Tyler, are you scared no no uh, <laughs> i mean not for the reasons not for the reasons you've posed um <laughs> Chelsea, the thing that does give me pause is in the past couple of years, it has been a tough place for us to go and get a win. Um, there was, there was, I don't know if it was last year, the year before, there was a game we were up one nothing, and in the 90th minute, we gave up this mid uh, a foul, and in their half, our half of the field, and they put a ball into the box and scored a, a late goal. So, um, I'm the. I don't even think they have a manager in place right now. I think they're still in an interim stage. I don't even think they've hired somebody. You know, they're they're they have four points this season. They haven't won a game. So naturally, you know, if there's a game they were ever going to win, it's going to be this one against Chelsea. But uh, I'm not uh, I'm not overly concerned. I think we'll go in. We'll do our job. We'll come out with a W. Um, it's now it'll be interesting to see if we play them post post January transfer window what that team looks like it, it depends on how much business they're going to do where they are in the table yeah. um, but I'm it's I'm not any more worried because of their new owner um, I might be worried for general safety because their new owner is kind of stabby but um, other than that I'm you know it's it's Newcastle so well I mean when you when you see the team after after January, I mean, you're going to, you're still going to know the players. They're just going to be in a, in a, in a different assortment. I mean, you're facing Newcastle and you got, you're going to see Cavani and, and Kane <laughs> up front with the, yeah. uh, with FIFA Ter- career with, mode with Tristegan Ter- Ter- in goal. So yeah, um, it'll just, it'll just be different. It'll just yeah, be different. Just, That's just slightly, slightly different. Um, so the, when one does, of the, when does was, the window open? Uh, January 1. January 1. Yeah. Okay. I think. Is that right, Christian? Okay. Is I think yeah, the day? January the the winter transfer window is just the month of January, I believe. Whereas the summer window is ten weeks, I think, two and a half months. Um, one of the funnier rumors that I heard this week, since we're talking about Chelsea Newcastle, was Newcastle was looking to bring in um, Eden Hazard, <laughs> which um, <laughs> one of the one of the Chelsea fans I follow today made a good point. Um, why would Eden trade in? living in Madrid for living in Newcastle and going from a team that's competing in Europe to a team that's in a relegation fight. But when, when the new owners were brought in, the inevitable who's who of who's going to come to Newcastle was going to start. 
And it's, I mean, it started the moment it was announced, you know, people were like, Oh, Holland and Bappe, blah, blah. And obviously people are just, you know, joking around, but it's just, it's funny to see all the players that are quote unquote linked with Newcastle now. Um, but to answer your question, your original question, no, I'm not worried about Newcastle. I expect us to go in there and do what we need to do, especially after the way the team looked against Southampton in the midweek, um, having the starting 11 back, the actual you know team A, if you want to call it that, starting 11, I think we'll be fine. Well, good. I'm glad you're, uh, glad you're so confident. Yeah, I mean, it's, it's a nice feeling because uh, I've had plenty of years where I don't know what to expect from Chelsea. And, you know, for now. Don't worry. He'll be back there soon enough. Oh, dude, I know. <laughs> peaks and valleys, peaks and yeah. valleys. All right, let's move on to the next, uh, next preview game. Uh, Liverpool and Brighton, which I, I think could easily, easily be a trap game for Liverpool. I mean, granted, mm-hmm. they are at home. Uh, but this maybe starts another six straight losses at home. Lord, I hope not. Oh, good. I think it's, I think it'll be an interesting game. I think Brighton has, um, you know, they seem to be really unlucky last year. And, you know, I think their record reflected, um, did not reflect the team that they were. Uh, the fact that right now they are sitting in fifth. Uh, with four wins, I, like it, I think we're gonna have to work to win, but I think we will win. And that was high tech analysis. There, sorry. They're sitting in fifth place, having scored nine goals and conceding nine goals. That's so true. Uh, they are uh, hard to do. I hope they play with honor and don't follow any of your players. Up. Yeah, that was that is goal. not what I'm saying. Good. That's all what I, I was saying. Okay. Okay. Yeah. So they've scored nine. They've given up nine. They've played a lot of two one one ones, and the games that they've lost have been blowouts. They lost four one to City. Um, they lost two nil to Everton. That's not really a blowout, but I mean, this. So, yeah. I mean, it could be a trap game. You know, Graham Potter is the greatest thing to ever walk the earth, according to Scott. Um, <laughs> hi, Scott. We miss you. Um, but. Uh, I wouldn't be surprised if Liverpool walk the game at the same time. So it's, I think it's Liverpool I think Brighton. I think there's too much of a mental letdown between the mental high of, you know, hanging five in United and Old Trafford and coming down to playing Brighton. You know, I, I'm not worried at all about losing. I have zero, zero thoughts in my head about us losing, but I think it'll be tougher than we think. I think it'll be like a two, one late winner or something like that. We're kind of snaps us out and we'll, Play, play right the last 20 minutes and play true to form and then uh, see a goal through. So Eric, Eric, uh, you'd love yourself well, a late winner. I mean, <laughs> every week is a late winner. <laughs> it's Premier League, man. It's the toughest league on the, you know, one to 20 on, on earth. I'll, I'll stand by that. But, At one to but I really, I really, uh, I really think it's going to be a, a, a good game, but I see Liverpool coming on top. I really do. That's the shock of the night. Eric thinks Liverpool is going to win. We can wrap it up here, folks. No, you see, yeah. <laughs> to be to be fair, that actually is goes against everything that, uh, that Eric <laughs> right? has ever said about, about Liverpool. That's so. a fair point. <laughs> That's a fair point. Yeah, I've been a little bit more uh, uh, confident this season. I don't know if you noticed, but all right. At least and the last couple weeks. Final game we're going to preview: Aston Villa versus West Ham. 
Aston Villa, who uh, started the season quite brightly, it looked like uh, uh, they did not need uh, Jack Grealish. Jack Grealish didn't. They brought in Danny <laughs> the guy Ames. with the hair. Looked like looked like there was a, a big like you know it looked like they had solved all their problems, and the last few games hasn't gone quite as well. Um, do we think that this is you know the the tale of two teams that are at the same level that may not be playing at the same level? Or are we seeing a game where West Ham should win comfortably 3-0? I, I think West Ham is a clear tier above Aston Villa. Okay. Mm-hmm. Um, Aston Villa, the year before last, had to go to the final day to avoid relegation. And then last year, you know, they, they came out like gangbusters, you know, they beat Liverpool at home or beat Liverpool seven to two. You know, they were cruising. And then, you know, beat they us. lost they lost uh, Grealish over the summer. And they've kind of – I don't think they're going to regress back to relegation fodder, but I think they've kind of regressed to the mean. Whereas I think West Ham, through giving Moyes time and seeing what they've been able to do and what they've been able to build there, I think they're the more consistent team. Um Mikel Antonio scores goals. Declan Rice is an immense midfielder. Um, so I think I think West Ham and Aston Villa are on two different trajectories right now. Mm-hmm. Um, I so I don't think they're the same tier of team. Christian, thoughts on this one? Uh, I think Moyes has West Ham well drilled. I can't mm-hmm. see Villa winning this. I think uh, they peaked when they beat United. That was it. All right. They'll do. They'll do well to stay in a top half of the table this season. Gotcha. Maybe possibly fighting for uh, fighting for a spot in the Premier League by the end. I don't think they'll drop that low, but you know, there's a lot I of th- bad teams in this league. I think if the I think if the the 18th and 19th or 17th, what is it? 18th and 19th place teams were better, maybe, but they're awful. They're they're sitting at four points each, so it's it, it, the bottom. the The relegation teams are just so bad. You know, Leeds is at seven, Southampton's at eight, Crystal Palace is at nine, Burnley, Newcastle, Norwich are at four, four, and two. So it's it's there's more room between the bad teams currently than there is between the first the top eight teams so it's i don't think they'll be in relegation scrap i think christian's right they'll be a lower half of the table team which is about where we expected i think last year was the outlier for them gotcha all right so let's uh we got champions league coming up this uh after the weekend's games uh quick we're gonna do quick hits on these games so quick 30 seconds at at most preview of what we think is going to happen uh first one up atalanta versus manchester united first game uh there did not exactly uh go as as united would have wanted christian what are we thinking atalanta will probably lose this game Mm -hmm. uh i think we'll be pretty fired up after beating spurs this weekend and we'll be two for two. I think City and Chelsea will be the ones who uh, get Solskjaer fired. Fair enough. Fair enough. Yeah, I, say, I think I, I definitely I would side with Christian on this one. Um, for some reason, we are going to 
uh, continue to drop points in the league after Spurs, uh, not for some reason. We know the reason, um, but we're going to secure our, our Champions League group spot, and I think we're going to move on to the next round, uh, and we'll do help help that along by beating Atalanta. All right, uh, next up, Malmo versus Chelsea. Kyle, quick hit. What yeah, so we beat Malmo for nothing in London. Um, going to, I think they play in. I think they're the Swedish champions. Sweden. So going to Sweden is always difficult. You know the level of pitch. Uh, just everything it's 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 a road trip um i wouldn't be surprised if we won one or two nothing but i do expect us to win um malmo have scored no goals they have no wins they've given up 11 so i don't expect that trend to all of a sudden change um i don't know if it'll be a four nothing win but i expect chelsea to win all right very good the fields in sweden are quite good yeah that's that's a country you want to travel to as far as right as far as pitches go is it yeah. Very anti anti Swedish fields there from Kyle. <laughs> a thousand apologies to all yeah. two of our Swedish listeners. I'm sorry. <clears throat> can can go enjoy the nice pitches and, and the delicious meatballs. So uh, yeah. next up is Man City versus Club Bruges. Uh, since you half of your family uh, suffers from the Man City curse, Christian, why don't you give us a quick uh, <laughs> quick rundown on this one? Four five Nelson City. It will be so easy. Half of the fans you won't even be able to see, and they'll be sleeping. The, It'll be mean, the same. You mean same the, color the, the seats? The four hundred, yeah. the four hundred right. fans that show up, half of them are going to sleep. Easy win for City. Yeah, yeah, I completely agree. I mean, it's it's at City. I mean, so at the Etihad, it's going to be uh, it should be a drubbing. To be fair, uh, wonder and... if people beg people to come to the game. Maybe, maybe <laughs> you'll have to beg to get people to want to watch that. Uh, final game, Liverpool versus Atletico. Our Liverpudlians, you want to carry us away on this one? Ben? Go ahead, Eric. I think after the controversy of the last match, they're going to be hopping mad to come out and kind of kind of prove something. But um, I, these guys play us so tough uh, most matches. I just can't see either club running away with it. So I'm going to go with a, a, a hard-fought 2-2 draw with a late goal. No, I'm kidding. But it is a 2-2 <laughs> draw, so... So the the last time we played them in Anfield was right before everything got shut down for COVID, right? If I remember correctly, and they is the, the Adrian game, yes. Yeah, and they they beat us. Um, yes. So I'm I'm hoping that there's a little bit of like revenge, you know, kind of mindedness. Granted, that was like two years ago, but you know. Anyway, I'm. Hopeful we pull out a win, but yeah, no, I can. I agree with Eric that there's a really good chance they come fired up, um, ready to avenge their what they're going to feel like is an ill gotten loss last go around. So, do Liverpool need these points to move on? No, no, I all agree. right. Well, I haven't done the math, but, but no, I mean, we're we're nine for nine so far, so. Well, we know we know you teach math, so that's a good thing, Eric. Yeah, I really don't. So. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, if Liverpool, let's say Liverpool were to lose this game, they would still, they'd still be in first. So no, yeah. exactly. They play Milan and Porto, man. They're fine. Yeah, they're yeah, fine. They're that's fine. I, I was gonna, that I was kind of the point hope, I was making. They're going to be fine. Yeah, it doesn't matter. I just hope Atletico play an, an honorable game. <laughs> 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 if there's one thing we know about Simeon, he plays honorably. 
Right. All right. On that note, I'm going to kick it over to Jen. Uh, why don't you lead us in our uh, in our pick of for the week? Okay. So the games we've actually highlighted a number of them already. So let's get you guys on record. Um, Lester Arsenal. What you thinking? Who wants to go first? I'll go first, Lester. Okay. So Charles would be stated. Worked for me last week. Going to go with it again. Arsenal. You right. disgust me. <laughs> okay. Well, I'm trying to win a title, so, Kyle. <laughs> so Christian, who you got? Arsenal. You disgust Eric. me too. <laughs> Eric? Draw. You're all right. <laughs> Carry on. Um, Before we continue, just let you know. Yeah. Well, what are what are those? Eric, you. What? Oh, I I, I'll post those online. I don't have them (laughs) pulled up right now. Like in all honesty. So, so, all right. Scott picked Arsenal, and Skiff picked draw. So. Eric, just let you know, in between you sending me your picks and you giving me your pick out loud, you changed your mind. <laughs> Wait, I did? Oh, yeah, my you God. you said Lester. <laughs> oh, hold on. All right, I'll take Lester. Sorry, my bad. <laughs> no, you go with whatever your gut tells you. No, 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 no Lester, Lester, Lester. Carry on, Lester. Eric, you're a teacher. You should know never to change right. your answer. And he only sent the message like 10 seconds ago. How is that even possible, Eric? <sighs> Well, I mean, it was a little bit longer than that. But... I, had, I had three draws. That's, I got one of them confused with the lesser man. You have, yeah, okay. I was like, yeah, all right. So I will, I'll take your draw. It's fine. Okay. Um, all right. No, I said from Southampton. No, she's saying that I she's would... picking draw. Thank you for Eric. translating. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> okay. Watford, Southampton. Great, con- great, great content. Hundred <laughs> percent, Kyle. Who you got? Uh, Southampton. This is what wins us a daytime podcast Emmy. That's uh, 100%. right. Yes. This episode right here. So right. put us yep. over the line. Exactly. All right. Um, Mostly so the Skiff picked a draw. Uh, Scott picked Watford. Um, yeah. Okay. So Charles, who you got? Watford versus who? Southampton. 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 Okay. Uh, yeah, I'll take Watford. Okay. Christian. Draw. Eric. That one really is a draw. Okay. It's still a draw. Okay. Fair. Yes. <laughs> okay. Um, ooh, I'm going to go with Southampton. That's fine. All right. So Spurs, Man United. So Charles. United. Kyle. United. <laughs> you sounded really excited about that. Both of you did. <laughs> like, oh my lord, you were well, picking past, with conviction. Well, the past couple times I've picked United, they've burned me. So I'm, but I can't bring oh, they, myself to bring Spurs. They, so they do that to me all the time. I can't stand. Okay, Christian. Dishonorable Spurs win. <laughs> Fair. All right, Eric. Draw. Okay. Uh, Skiff also picked a draw, and Scott picked United. 
So I think, will. I can't. I can't. I can't figure out if that's just reverse hoodoo or if Scott's really truly trying to get Nuno fired by picking <laughs> it. I'm leaning I, towards Nuno getting fired, but I'm 100 okay with uh, with this us uh, this game resulting in Nuno getting fired. So as long as as long as United go out and put up. Oh, it would be great, yeah. great podcast content. Oh, 100. percent um i guess just to balance the numbers out i'll pick spurs that's fine how bad can it go um that's a bad question to ask yeah probably (laughs) all right norwich leads let's start with christian no No. (laughs) (laughs) they have a like soft place in your heart their first win norwich's first win four five no Okay. <laughs> He's like, I will die on this hill 100%. Okay. So, Charles, he got draw. Okay. He's like, and no, you can't pick the meteor. No. Just to let you know. All right. No, I, I, only uh, pick, I picked that because I don't think Norwich can win again. Okay. <laughs> That's so sad. But hey, if- they draw, then everybody gets points. Yay! Okay, Kyle. Uh, leads. Eric. The one kicked um, you off the podcast. <laughs> leads. And him. <laughs> okay, so. <laughs> picked leads. Scott picked leads. Um. Yeah. Well, I, like, I feel like Leeds is going to win, but I feel like like I need to balance the numbers and pick draw, but... Uh, this is why we can't let you pick last. Right. You, right. Should, go for, you should go first every time, Jen. Choose the yeah. honorable team, Jen. Jen, why are you worried Fine. about Everton. balancing the numbers? You're not an accountant. God, that yeah, really? 100%. What does it matter? Uh, like cosmically, I feel like I don't. Anyway, okay. So <laughs> Everton Wolves. So Scott picked Everton. The Gen just choose. The just choose. I hope both teams have fun. Mm-hmm. Is that what she just picked? Um, I'm gonna go draw. Gonna draw. I'm a draw. Gonna... Both teams have fun. Sure. Yay! All right. So I've gone. So Charles. He got which teams? Everton Wolves. Wolves. All right, Christian. Everton win big. Cool. Kyle. Uh, draw. Did Did Jen freeze or oh, okay? I thought I froze. I'm gonna go. Uh, <laughs> I'm, gonna I said, go I'm gonna go draw. I'm gonna go draw. Draw. Okay. okay. And so the other boys picked Everton. Well, they're off the show. Fair enough. All right. So I will. Um, yeah, I'll have an updated standings. Somebody's ahead. Somebody's behind. I don't know. Interesting. All right. Speaking of interesting, great segue, Charles. Well done. Um, 
there are reports coming out that the Premier League is going to be moving <clears throat> to, to assimilate with the rest of Europe uh, and permanently adding five substitutions for all of its matches. Uh, and I'm assuming this, will, this is going to be an FA-wide, um, I guess, you know, rule change. So all of the <clears throat> tournaments as well, EFL Cup and the FA Cup as well. Uh, what do we think about this? Good, bad, indifferent? Uh, I mean, I'm fine with it. I'd like, I like, I like the modernity. I guess it's more modern, I guess. There's, you know, more rotation. You know, it's, I think it, and it just brings more uh, uniformity to the game because you go to these different competitions, you have five subs, you come back to the premise, you have three subs. Um, I think it'll help the teams in the long run. Um, uh, Tuchel himself has said uh, a couple times that this player, that player would have gotten in if they had five subs, but they only had three. So I think it'll give the managers more, uh, more opportunities to rotate their squad for resting players and getting players that haven't been playing some game time. So, I mean, I don't, I don't think there's anything bad uh, with going to five subs, especially since the other leagues have been doing it. So less of course, you're a small team and you don't have that many players to put on the bench, right? So the lower yeah. league teams, not just the Premier League teams, but, you know, Division 2, 3. Yeah. It's, it's a struggle. Yeah, that's true. Although I guess, I guess for them, if, if, if when you're talking about the lower lower level, lower league teams, them, I, I guess that would be – be the issue for all the teams, whereas the the contrast comes in when you're playing a team a level or two above you, potentially. You know, like in the EFL Cup, when you're when the Prem teams is playing one of the Division Two teams or the Championship side or whatever, that just doesn't have the bench that the Prem team does. So right. that's a good point. And you and you also so a lot of these low league teams, right? They pay their players based on uh, appearances and being on the subs bench and things like that. So if you start having to pay extra for guys who are sitting on the bench, then gotcha. that costs more too. Yeah. I think that was why they were originally hesitant to bring it in. Yeah, that was of the impacts on the low leagues. Yeah, that was one of the main uh points for against it when that was first broached. Okay. Which... Other thoughts? Jen, Eric? I think the, the fact that the game is, especially in the Premier League, is so much faster and more physical than it was 15, 20 years ago, I think it's a good idea. Is these, I mean, we found out last year and a little bit the year before, you know, players get hurt. You only have a certain number of subs to bring in a game. I think it's – it's. I can see Christian's point for the small clubs, but for the big clubs like Liverpool, I think it's good for us. So, so you don't care about the small clubs? Is that what you're saying? No. No. Oh. I, want, I want to do the honorable thing and, and care about the small clubs. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> well played, sir. Well if there's played. one thing I know about Liverpool fans tonight, is that they like on a. I think I know the. I think I know the title of the podcast tonight. <laughs> <laughs> oh, it's going to be an easy one to write up. That's for sure. Oh, uh, yeah. Well, I mean, I can the, the nice part, the nice part of this also, or the you know of the them implementing the five subs rule, it doesn't mean you have to use five subs. I mean. For every, you know, uh, Pep out there who's going to maximize all five subs in an intelligent way, there's an Ole who won't sub anybody until the 92nd minute. So just remember, you don't have to use them. 
they're just available. Do you think will the will the five subs include people that are brought out for concussions? Because don't they have that now where you can if somebody's taken off for a suspected concussion, like you get a free sub? Will that would that be a sixth one or would that be part of the five? I to be fair, I don't know the answer to that. Um, I will definitely take a look into it, but I would think that adding the the two extra subs would eliminate the need for the concussion substitution. Okay. Um, because I mean, at that point it's another injury and you have enough right. subs to make the, make the adjustments you need. Well, and that would be, I can see <clears throat> from a, a player standpoint, like if, if you're going to really try and advocate for the league, taking some of those kinds of injuries more seriously, um, this is a step in a direction, you know what I mean? That, that makes it tactically more likely that um, certain injuries that have been played through, maybe that we won't do that as much, you know, so their, their long-term health will be, you know, maybe protected a little better. Quite possible. Quite possible. All right. I'm going to kick it over to Eric. What is going on in the world of football? I thought this was pretty cool. You know, in years past, we had uh, uh, the female players. We had Sydney LaRue and Carly Lloyd. Sydney and Carly took, uh, especially Sydney took, I believe, a couple of years off to uh, build a family and have kids. And I know Carly did too, but um, I think it's in the NWSL. It's, uh, the club is Racing Louisville FC, and they announced Tuesday a first-of-a-kind partnership with Kentucky Fertility Institute. And they provided players with complementary fertility preservation techniques, including freezing their eggs, embryo freezing, and long-term storage. And this allows the NWSL footballers the flexibility to start a family without major interruptions to their season. So in years past, you'd have to quit and go through that whole process and then come back to the team, you know, possibly being out of, uh, out of fitness and, and working their way back to that. But now, because of what uh, Sporting FC Louisville, or Racing FC Louisville is doing, that hopefully players can kind of continue to play while building their families. I thought that was kind of cool. That actually is. And um, <clears throat> honestly, going right, uh, there's there was another story uh, NWSL related that came out earlier this week as well that I thought was was very, very cool. Uh, Kansas City has announced the first ever NWSL specific soccer stadium. So the, the oh. a, a women's team is getting its its first ever uh, on its own stadium and not having to share with the men. Uh, and that it's is cool. Yeah. yeah, completely privately funded. Uh, so no, no tax dollars going into that as well, which is another uh, great victory. Uh, if anybody knows me, they know I'm, I'm against public subsidy for, for stadium funding, but whole nother conversation mean, for another day. You mean like the new billion dollar stadium that Oakland is getting for their baseball team. Nailed it. <laughs> Been threatening to leave for years and they cave the cowards mm. should have just let them bounce to Memphis or wherever the hell they were going to go. <laughs> Shitty ass team anyway. Exactly. Exactly. So, but yeah, that's, that's, really- dope. that's money. That's money in the women's game, which is what you yeah. need. Yeah. Uh, the, so. I think we're, what we're seeing here now, uh, and it's something we talked about last year was with, these are the fruits of the, uh, of all the, the success of the women's most recent women's world cup. Uh, they, you know, right after the world cup, multiple countries announced, you know, massive investment in the women's game. And here in the United States, we were already one of the, the most invested countries uh, in the world but we're even seeing more investment here in the United States and more growth and more development and more popularity, which is really, 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 really good to see. 
Yeah. Uh, so I'm really excited about it. Eric, great story. Uh, I really appreciate you. Eric, I think that's I think that's two good positive what in the world and football on the bounce. Uh, yeah, that's good. Yeah. Let's let's hit a third one next week, and then yeah. we can go back to some sort of uh, weird, some sort of some despair sort of weird and European just thing. awfulness. <laughs> there was like a four week stretch there where what in the world of football is like what sad thing happened that Eric could find. Oh, you missed all the sex dolls and like weird stuff that we had to go oh, through. Oh man, I hate when I miss the sex dolls. <laughs> Eric never misses them. No, I do. <laughs> all right thank you (laughs) thank you everybody that's gonna uh, be the intro to the pod (laughs) (laughs) we're gonna cut that one up and and tag it on to the beginning of of every episode from now on uh but yeah uh, we really appreciate it it's it's been a lot of fun chatting with you and uh uh, congratulations again to kyle and his new oil daddies um really excited to see what, what they do for the future of football thanks everybody we'll see you all next week oil daddy